have a Snickers, amen. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Everybody say, my good works. My anointed works. My works of power. Come on, that's what good works is, amen. Good works is not humanitarian aid, people. Can, can I just say that? A lot of people, when we think of good works, we think of changing a flat tire. Changing a flat tire is great, but if you don't do ministry in the process of changing the tire, you just did humanitarian aid. He didn't call us to do humanitarian aid. He called us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ with the anointed power of ministry, and you can do that through tangible helping of people, but if you miss the opportunity to express the power of God, we missed ministry altogether. So they're going to see your good works and my good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, make us hungry for your gospel this morning like we've never been hungry before. And Lord God, let us realize that some of us even need to awaken our hunger this morning in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said it. Amen. We are in a series called Reach, and it's our theme for the year, and it's called Raising Eternal and Community Hope, and we want you to do that in what God is calling us to do. And through this process, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 13b, it says, but we will celebrate only in regard to the area of influence, and we've talked about that several times, assigned to us to reach even you. And we want you to reach somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ this year. And it's our goal that everybody at TWBC would personally lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ this year. Not bring them to church and we see somebody get saved, but you personally, out in your workplace, out in your field of influence, the area that you've been assigned would lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. I had the awesome opportunity this past Friday on my day off. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, somebody called me and said, hey, I'm struggling. I got some questions and I was able to, long story short, drive over and lead somebody to Christ in front of a welding shop outside in freezing cold weather in my sweaty workout clothes in an authentic encounter with the Father. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I want you to do. It's not about dragging them to church. It's about you finding that God moment with somebody that they'll remember forever. And as we looked up in the sky, we saw the American flag flying, and it was chilly, and our, we could see our breath as we were praying, and I was in sweaty workout clothes, and we were standing outside a welding shop. And we had the encounter of a lifetime where even the hardest hearts began to have tears. And he said, I finally made a decision for myself. That's what I want you to experience in your life. I'm so excited for your opportunity this year. Be praying for that God moment that he would show you somebody that you can lead to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in reaching, raising eternal and community hope, we're going to ignite nations. That means to set a fire and set a blaze. And next year, we're going to have a special time when we pray over Pastor Jeff as he's flying out to Russia uh, the next Monday. So in seven days, eight days, he's flying out to Russia. And so we're going to have a special time of prayer for him next week. Come, because we want you to lay your hands on him. Amen. And let him experience the fire and the power of God coming from you that you're going to send him to Russia. Come on. And we're going to see even the Kremlin get changed. Amen. I, I'm believing for big things. Come on. I mean, if we're going to go, we're, we may as well go with big dreams, big hopes, big, big desires because we serve a big, big God. Amen. And no one is past the reach 
of our Heavenly Father. We're going to ignite nations. We're going to impact a four-state area, and, and, and that means we're going to leave an impression on this four-state area. And even this morning, we were able to have one of our sound techs and one of our worship, worship people on the stage go to a church in Longview and help lead worship because they were going through a little church crisis, and they needed somebody, and they called us at the last moment. And we said, go. We're not going to keep you here. Go. And so we're going to impact a four-state area, even so this morning that is they're helping lead worship in, in the area of Longview, Texas. And so we're going to do that, but we want to focus on, and we not just can, but we will and we must influence culture within a 20-mile radius of this TWBC facility. And influence culture means we're going to change the culture of this 20-mile radius because this is the area God has assigned to us to reach even you. There are 65,000 people in this 20-mile radius. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And man, if we begin to reach just a third of them, if we just reach 10% of them, we got a lot of work to do. But I'm not believing for 10%. I'm not believing for a third. If he's given us a 20-mile area of influence to change culture, I am believing for every person in this 20-mile radius to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, not preach from a message, but feel it in a demonstration of the Spirit's power where we tangibly touch 65,000 people and move forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. Big dreams, baby. Come on. Get with me. Let's change culture. If God's going to do it, why not here? Why not now? Why not us? And everybody says, well, it's just Sulphur Springs. It's more than just Sulphur Springs. Amen. See, it's, the Bible says God can use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. How's God doing a movement out in the middle of what the world would say is nowhere? Because God is everywhere and his spirit is somewhere looking Come for on. people who are hungering for him. And I believe that we're hungering for him today. And so as we jump into this morning's message, I want to talk to you about hunger pains. And Snickers has a campaign. And um, you're not you when you're hungry. Have y'all seen these commercials? You're not you when you're hungry. If you haven't seen these commercials, get ready, because I want to show you one of the commercials, and then we'll jump into this morning's message, and it's called Have a Snickers. Come on now. I don't care who you are, and I don't like her political views, but I love me some Betty White. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. From back in the Golden Girl days, and yes, I did live in that era all the way through now, I love me some Betty White. But you're not you when you're hungry. And, and, and I got a snicker bar here, and I'm going to make amends for last week and Miss Sharon because I said something about a Kia last week. I want to bring a peace offering. I want to bring a peace offering. And bless you and say, I love you with all my heart. And that is why I emphasized last week a Kia truck because they don't make such a thing. Amen. But I will, I will repent when I know I'm wrong. And so, and you don't upset Miss Sharon. I love her way too much. But you're not you when you're hungry. And many times in the body of Christ, 
we begin to d- d- look at our spiritual hunger and we don't know how to satisfy and we don't know how to bring it to a place of satisfaction in Christ Jesus. And, and we begin to not just have hunger pains, we move farther where we'll get into a second. But every time you look at a person, you need to ask yourself this question, what do you see? And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. And we should be having spiritual hunger pains every time we look at a person. Every time I look at a person, I should be having spiritual hunger pains. When I look at Cole, I should be having spiritual hunger pains of how can God move in his life today in an unprecedented rate. When I look at David and Lisa, I should have spiritual hunger pains to see how the Spirit of God wants to move in them. When I look at Miss Pam, I should see hunger pains and say, how does God want to move in their life? I should have this yearning for the Spirit of God to be churning within me. When I see Jason and Rebecca, I should be able to say, God, how do you want to move in their life and have spiritual hunger pains begin to birth? Because I believe God is not just wanting to do something very sporadically. I believe he's wanting to do something constantly and continually. It's just do we have these hunger pains to see God move in somebody's life like like Jesus did. And so every time we look at a person, we need to ask ourselves the question, what do you see? What do you see? And when we see what the Father sees, it should create a hunger on the inside of us. And Jesus had the ability to see the value in every person. And we must view people through the lenses called the Father. And it's not something we put on somebody else. It's something we put on ourselves to begin to see people differently. And we should hunger for God to do something in their life. We should hunger for God to change Sulphur Springs, Texas. Amen. There should be a hunger inside the church that causes us to act differently. We're not ourselves when we're hungry. Now, how many of y'all have ever had these immense hunger pains where all you could think about is, I got to get something to eat? We work with an amazing person, our office administrator, amen, who has hunger pains, amen. She is pregnant. I'm just picking on Tara. And you've all been there before, not pregnant, but hungry, amen. And you've had these intense hunger pains where you weren't going to do anything else until you went and got that bag of chips or you went and ate that meal or you had this extreme craving for something in your life. And there was this hunger that was so consuming. And I've been there many times in my life and I'm kind of there now and that Snickers is looking good. And you've got this consuming thing that you cannot think about anything else except that hunger. As we equate this spiritually, when we put the lenses of the Father on, there should birth a hunger inside of us. That the Bible says that Jesus healed all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. Come on now. He healed all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. There was a hunger inside of him to see the kingdom, the culture of the Father, manifest in his culture here on this earth to such an extent that he healed all who were sick and oppressed. And if you thought we had a big dream of reaching a 20-mile radius, it says he healed all who were sick and oppressed. We need to up our game a little bit. We need to increase our vision a little bit. We need to see what God is calling us to do as a church. And as he's calling us to do it, there should be a birthing on the inside of us of an extreme hunger. And we must realize we need that hunger if we're going to change culture. Jesus even said it in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be satisfied. Come on. 
See, God promises something. When you have this desire called hunger, he's going to come in in a way and satisfy you in a way that only he can satisfy. And as we have this thing, I like to call it, you need to ask for this, God, give me the gift of hunger. I want the gift of hunger. And it's a gift that you receive. God, make me hunger for the things of you. And when you start praying that prayer, get ready because your life is going to change dramatically. Your life is going to become different than you've ever been before. It's going to be like that person who's hungry when they're running home after school. And for some reason, my kids are always hungry when they get out of school. Amen. And I was like that as a kid, too, and I didn't understand it till I had a kid. But when they come home, that's all they think about and they're consuming. And they're going through the cabinets looking for the granola bars and looking for the candy jar and looking for everything. The body of Christ should be no different concerning the spiritual matters of God. That we should wake up in the morning and start going through the cabinets, going through the scriptures and saying, God, I must begin to see this need satisfied in my life. And that is how we're going to change culture. But if we have the ability to see it, and that is essential, it's not complete unless we begin to accomplish it and do it. And Jesus said this, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life. Come on. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. He has the ability to see The ability to see is worthless without the availability to do. The ability to see it is worthless without the availability to go do it. So we as the body of Christ, if we're going to become hunger, there must be an availability to do what the Father does. And doing what the Father does is not something we do to prove our faith. It's something we do as a product of our faith. Faith is the result of his nature having an influence or culture change on our nature. Faith is simply this. It is letting the realm of the Father have an influence on my realm in the earth. So much so that I let his realm overtake my realm and I begin to operate and think and do and act like he does because I only do and see and act what I do and see and act my Father doing. Okay? And, 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 and God wants to be more than a, a, a pipe that, you, that he flows through into the world. A lot of people say this, is, it's that, that God wants us to be a conduit or just a pipe that he can flow through. I believe he wants you to be more than that. I believe he wants you to be more like a glove that he puts on and he is actually doing the work, but you're the glove. Amen. And he's doing it, but it's your body. He doesn't want to just flow through you. He wants to use you. He wants you to be a part of it. This is what joint heir means. This is what covenant relationship means. He wants to not just do it through you. He wants to do it with you in every area of your life and so his personal culture must have an effect on my personal culture and lifestyle and when two cultures collide there is always a collision and sometimes they're epic collisions and so what are we going to do now that you see clearly what are you going to do with the hunger pains that you're about to experience even before this church service is done what are we going to begin to do with these hunger pains that God has in store for us and We know the slogan of Snickers, it says Snickers satisfied, but as a believer, it should be something like this. As a believer, we must realize this, it's the spirit that satisfies. In the earthly realm, Snickers can satisfy. In the spiritual realm, it's the spirit that satisfies. 
And many of us have a spiritual hunger that we don't know how to satisfy, so we try to satisfy it by physical means, and you'll never satisfy a spiritual hunger with physical things. This is why you'll never satisfy the spiritual hunger of fulfilling your calling with physical things, but many people try to fill it with physical things. That's why they start drinking. That's why they start running from God. That's why they start doing drugs, because they're trying to find a way to fill the spiritual need, the spiritual hunger, but they don't know how to do it because we haven't been activated rightly. And so we got these people who are starving out there with hunger, trying to fill it with physical things, and they end up emptier than before and only more unhappy with themselves. Because you cannot satisfy a spiritual hunger with the physical thing. And these people who have a spiritual hunger for acceptance. This is for somebody in the room. You have a spiritual hunger for acceptance. And you need to realize that it comes from, it's only going to be satisfied when you realize the love of the Father. And when you realize the love of the Father, you're going to be fully satisfied and accept yourself the way you are. But instead, you try to fulfill your acceptance by by diet plans and workout programs and all these things but you're only ending up emptier than you were before you started because you're trying to fill a spiritual thing with a physical thing and 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 God wants to set a lady free from that this morning possibly some into but there's one lady specifically I I don't know who you are he hadn't given me your name but but he wants to set you free from that this morning because you, you've had such a desire for acceptance that, 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 that you haven't had it fulfilled spiritually, but in the process you've been trying to fulfill it with physical things because you didn't know how to satisfy it spiritually, but physical things can't fulfill spiritual need, only the spirit can satisfy spiritual things. But the spirit can also satisfy physical things because the spirit is greater than the physical. See, what, what works one way, it doesn't mean it doesn't work the other way. So the physical can't satisfy the spiritual, but the spiritual can satisfy the physical and the spiritual. Yes, yes. And so in this process, you've got to begin to understand all that God is trying to show you. And so it's the spirit of God that satisfies. Jesus' hunger was only satisfied when he did the will of the Father. Now listen to this account. It's the account of the woman at the well. And it says, meanwhile, his disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has somebody brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do. Come on now. Remember what we just read earlier? Jesus said, I can only do what I see my father doing. Here he tells the disciples, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And Jesus said, my food is to do. The only thing he could do was what he saw the Father doing. The God culture works opposite of the carnal mind. The God culture works opposite of the carnal mind. The God culture works like this. You got to release to increase. The carnal mind says, that's ridiculous. The God culture says you must release to increase. Jesus said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of my Father. When Jesus released the anointing, an increase came into his life so much so that his physical hunger was satisfied along with the spiritual desire to see the woman at the well set free and a two-day revival break out in a town that he wasn't even supposed to be in. 
And we in the body of Christ many times, we've got to switch our mindset to a spiritually culture-based thinking where it is we must release to increase. If you want more anointing, you better start laying your hands on some folks and, and praying for them. You've got to release what he's given you to get an increase of what he's trying to bring you. You've got to release it to get an increase on it. It's no different in the physical world. If you want to plant, if you want to get a bunch of corn, you've got to start releasing some seed into the ground so it can grow up into corn stalks and you can have a bunch of corn. And so it's not the spiritual world is different than the physical world. It's the spiritual world is different from carnal-minded thinking. Because the physical world reacts just like the spiritual world does. This is why Jesus said, lest a kernel of wheat fall to the ground and die, it profiteth nothing. But if it falls to the ground and die, it will produce a harvest of righteousness of many. And Jesus was prophesying about himself. He said, I've got to release myself into the Father so that I can increase the kingdom of God. We as the church, there's got to be a release from us. But we in the church, we're like, oh, God, give us anointing. Oh, God, give us anointing. Oh, God, bring us anointing. No, you need to be praying, God, let me release the anointing you give me so I can increase the anointing you're wanting to bring me. If you're sick and need a healing, you need to start praying for people to be healed. And not yourself. I mean, you can pray for yourself, include it because you're, you're in the whosoever. But, but if you want an increase of the anointing, you got to release what you got. And so many times in the body of Christ, we're afraid of the release because if I let it go, what's going to happen? But by faith, we know that we got to release the increase. So if I let it go, the increase is promised to happen. Ooh, come on now. You ought to be excited just to go and lay your hands on folks, whether they need it or not. And this is where I'll say be selfish. It ain't about them. It's about you. I'm releasing the increase. And sometimes you just need some practice. So go home to your babies and lay your hands on all your kids and just start practicing. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I release an anointing into them. Come on. I mean, just practice. Remember a couple series ago last year? I said uh, practice perfect, which is practice Jesus. I mean, go be Jesus. Just start practicing. Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, practice more. Right? Start practicing differently. What if it does? And it's not a what if it does. It's a when it does. Come on now. It's a when it does. And a when it does doesn't just change them. It changes you because that's the, the increase is, is already coming. So much so that the following verse says, so much so that the sower will overtake the reaper. Come on. Gosh, I can't get ahead of myself that far. Man, we've got to release this thing. If we're going to see our 20-mile radius of influence change, we've got to release it. I love what Damon does with TWBC Rage uh, on Wednesday nights. If you haven't ever uh, seen it or heard about it, just ask some of the kids. He, he, he prays over them and releases on them, but then he tells them to pray over one another and release it on each other. Why? Because it's the release to increase. This is why you got the, the, the kids over here just always constantly laying their hands on each other, praying for each other. And you wonder why the anointing is so strong in the youth and the younger generations is because they've been taught to release, to increase. And the children will lead them. The Bible says. We got to release to increase. And I want to see such an increase in the church, but that's going to take a great release. 
can be powerful when he does it and does it yeah. through you. Listen, some of you coaches in here are going to have ball game experiences this year where your faith is going to be put on the line, and you're going to feel it because some of you already know it's going to, where you know you're going to have to cross that line and pray over a kid on the field because he's hurt, and a, a miracle will happen, and you're going to release, and the increase is going to happen. And somebody's going to look at you and say, how did he do that? I know his lifestyle. Quit worrying about it. Let the increase happen so much that they cannot bring up your old lifestyle because it's so overshadowed by the new. It's so overshadowed by the new. Do not try to defend yourself either. Don't, don't even worry about defending yourself. Jesus said, they hate me, they're going to hate you. And the Bible says, blessed are you when people persecute you, prosecute you, and revile you, and utterly say all kinds of evil against you on my account. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you come on, there's a blessing coming to those who are bold with the gospel. Ooh, I love what Jesus says. Oh, God, let us release. That's what my whole next series is going to be about. It's going to be about releasing the power of God and you being activated to go because when there's a great release, there's a great increase in the harvest. When Jesus released what he had, the anointing, and the anointing is when heaven touches earth, the woman received her fullness and satisfaction and it overrode his physical hunger. She received fullness and he received fullness. And disciples are all confused saying, why did somebody bring him a pizza? Who brought him pizza? We don't know. I got food to eat that you know nothing about. I'm telling you, church, it's about to get real. And you are anointed to make that reality happen in this world. But to do that, we must see hunger awaken. We must see hunger begin to awaken in us. The Bible says this. I'm going to start back at the beginning of John 4, 31. And it says, Meanwhile, his disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. And then this is where we must awaken hunger. Do not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Look. Jesus said, I can only do what I see my father doing. So now he's telling his disciples to look. I want you to see what I'm seeing because I'm seeing what the father's seeing. It says, don't say that there's four more months and then the harvest is coming. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering the fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap. That which you have and did not labor for, others have labored, that you have entered into their labor. I'm telling you, don't say God's about to do a movement. He says, look, lift up your eyes. I'm already starting a movement, and if you'll open your eyes, you're going to see a whole 20-mile radius white and ready for harvest. Oh, come on. 
Listen, all that religious term of, of, of oh, y'all just live in the Bible belt, I don't believe that is falling on deaf ears. I believe that is the, the, not just the, the religious connotation. Every time I hear, I, I change it and say, oh, that we're in the anointed area then. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. The word is act, of God is still powerful as it's ever been today. And so when they call us the Bible belt, they're calling us the anointed belt. They're calling us the belt that God's going to move in. They're calling us the belt of truth. They're calling us the word of God. And so in that, I begin to change my uh, thinking on it and the way I look at it and say, now I need to look around and see what Jesus would see because he said the fields are white and ripe for harvest. We live in a blessed area. Come on. And so God is saying it's time to look. It's time to look. And the scary thing is we must awaken hunger because many of us in the church, the body of Christ, don't even realize that we're not hungry, we're starving. Now hear this strong word. Many of us don't even realize this. We're not hungry, we're past hunger pains, we're starving. We're starving. Real quickly, I want to talk to you about starvation just for a moment. Starvation is this. It's the result of inadequate intake of nutrients, food, and the inability to metabolize or absorb nutrients and there are so many physical symptoms of starvation that if you'll apply them spiritually you will see that the northeast texas area is starving for the father starving for the father listen to this the first phase of starvation and it, you don't have, don't get caught up in the medical terminology okay get caught up in in, in the in, in the comparison Blood glucose levels are maintained through the production of glucose from proteins, uh, glycogen, and fats. Fats then, in the first stage of starvation, fats are decomposed into glycerin and fatty acids, and the fatty acids can be used as a source of energy. In short, your body starts to use alternate sources of energy from itself because it's not getting intake or nutrients from, from, from an outside source. Spiritually, how does that apply? The body of Christ begins to draw upon itself and individuals in here. What does Hunter got for me? What does Becca got for me? What does Hillary got for me? Jeff and Amy and Sherry, what have they got for me? Because I'm not getting something from the Father. I'm not getting my intake from the Spirit. So I must begin to draw on my own and from my own body, the body of Christ. And we start using on each other what's meant for the world. Come on now. The first stage of starvation, we don't even realize it. It's just like, it seems like mere hunger. And, and, and I can't get into all the diet plans and stuff like that. I love just studying and researching that just because it's fun for me. But, but if, you go, if you go with just a certain amount of time period, your body, uh, and it's less than 12 hours, immediately starts going into starvation mode. And you start drawing upon your own nutrients. And you start uh, drawing all your sources from yourself rather than an outside source. And, and over time, you can sustain energy level, but over time, you weaken and you go into the second phase of starvation. The second phase of starvation may last for several weeks. Fats are the main source of energy, and so liver metabolizes fatty acids for energy. The brain starts to use fatty acid bodies as well as glucose for sources of energy. And so your body starts using and depleting all its reserves. Some of you got more reserves than others. Amen. Right? That's okay. And so in the second phase of starvation, 
it goes from using energy sources to using all the, the fats in your body, and it starts using them as an energy source. And so now you're not just using what was meant for somebody else. You're actually, your, your body is beginning to start to, to, to internalize and digest itself in the second phase of starvation. And in the second stage of starvation, this may last for several weeks. See, some of you, when you quit reading the Word of God and you started out on a great reading plan this year, started reading the Word of God and you missed two or three days, you, you were in that first stage of starvation and you were hungering for it, but then you got past hungry. You ever been past hungry? It doesn't happen with me very often, but it does happen. You got past hungry and your physical body started eating the fat sources around it to maintain energy levels and so you can continue to function, and this can last for, for several weeks. And just like in your spiritual life, you, you got past the hunger where it's like, oh, well, God didn't speak to me for a couple days, so I'm just going to quit reading. Then you get past your hunger, and the internal sources that were meant for somebody else, you've now used up, and now you're actually consuming your own body. How the believers consume each other instead of what was meant for the world around it. The believers begin to consume one another to the point of, have you ever been really irritable because you're hungry? You know how easily offended you get when you're hungry? Can't believe this waitress has taken 45 minutes for my food. I'm offended. Right? Can't believe this. How, how irritable and easily you get offended when you're physically hungry? But spiritually, it's no different. We have offenses all over the body of Christ because yeah. we're in the second phase of starvation and we're sitting here and, and we're short-tempered with each other and, and we're irritable with each other and it doesn't matter what somebody says, somebody's going to get offended by it and it's not because what was said was so wrong, it's because we're in the wrong spirit, because we're so hungry, because remember, you're not you when you're hungry. Come on now. You're not you when you're hungry. You're easily offended when you're spiritually hungry. You're easily irritable when you're spiritually hungry. You're easily uh, uh, walking unforgiveness when you're spiritually hungry. And we must begin to realize it's not that we're just hungry. We've entered the second phase of starvation. And now I'm consuming my own body that God has given me for support and strength. And we start shutting off and shutting down. In the second phase of starvation, parts of you start beginning to shut down. You become very lethargic. Your thinking slows down. Everything begins to slow down. And so you start shutting down, and just like the body of Christ, we start shutting down. Well, I'm just not going to associate with that. I'll still go to that church, but I'm not going to go to that group. Come on now. I can't believe they made that decision as leadership. What were they thinking? Thinking about reaching a 20-mile radius, and for that to happen, we all got to change. But do you see when we're in the second phase of starvation how, how we start consuming one another? The third stage of starvation hits. All fat reserves are completely depleted. Muscles and your body begin to eat its own muscles. Muscles are the largest source of protein in the body and they are quickly depleted when fat reserves are gone. Your body is made up of billions of cells, and cell function then degenerates. 
Along with weight loss, symptoms of starvation include apathy, withdrawal, increased susceptibility to disease, and listlessness. And that means a lack of interest, or the other definition for it was spiritless. When you enter the third stage of starvation, you become spiritless. One of the symptoms of the third stage is spiritless. We must begin to awaken hunger again in our life. Few people die directly from starvation because they usually die of an infectious disease first. Many people don't leave the church because of starvation. They leave the church because they get diseased with unforgiveness, diseased with bitterness, diseased with all these things, diseased with the church hurt that says, well, I'm just not loved and not wanted and not needed and not, 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 and I'm not going again. Spiritless. And you're dying from diseases. Some of the characteristics of and symptoms of starvation include this. A shrinking of vital organs such as the heart and the lungs and gradual loss of their function. People who are in the third stage of starvation in the church sit in the church every Sunday with a bitter, hardened heart. And they've lost the function of their heart. So why Jesus said, I'll change the heart of stone to a heart of flesh again. So your heart can then begin to beat again. He wants to make your vital organs, your spiritual giftings come alive again with a hope in Christ Jesus. This is not a funny one. Chronic diarrhea is a symptom of starvation. Anything that comes in immediately gets ejected right out. Any word from God that you get, you immediately dismiss it because of an unqualification that you've deemed on yourself. Whatever comes in goes immediately right out. God says you're healed. Well, he must be talking about somebody else. Jesus said it like this. A sower sowed the word, and the birds of prey came and snatched it away. That's you dismissing it. The chronic discharge of everything good that comes in, you immediately discharge it out. Anemia, reduction in muscle mass and consequent weakness, lowered body temperature and combined uh, extreme sensitivity to cold, De the decreased ability to digest food and lack of digestive, or digestive production, irritability and difficulty with mental concentration. We can't even stay focused on the Spirit of God. If worship lasts more than 20 minutes, why are we going to keep singing? It's a sign of starvation. Not being able to stay in the presence of God in your own quiet time for more than five minutes is a sign of starvation. That's why I'm saying you've got to awaken hunger. When you're in third stage of starvation, it does, you don't just naturally seem hungry. You've got to awaken it again. Anybody who's ever done an extended fast, you don't just start eating a cheeseburger after a 7 to 10 day fast or a 40 day fast. You've got to awaken hunger again. You've got to put, put fluids back in to start the digestive tract working because your whole body is shutting down. You must begin to start. And this is why Paul said, am I having to still feed you milk? By now you should be on meat, but he's talking to a church that was starving. And then finally this, a decreased sex drive and then a decreased ability to reproduce. How many people have you led to the Lord? We're talking about spiritual reproduction here. You can tell when you're in the stages of starvation by... The inability and the decreased desire 
to reproduce. The ability is one thing, but the desire is something else. When you lose your desire to reproduce, good Lord, how far have we fallen? And, and I, I look at the church, and, and, and not just our church, but churches all over the world, and I'm thinking, we don't even have the desire to reproduce, let alone the ability to do it. When the church has lost its desire to see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and be born again in a new creation in Christ Jesus, the old man is dead and a new man coming alive in Christ Jesus. When we've lost that desire, God help us, we're starving to death. The Spirit satisfies. Jesus said this. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. But you can lift up your eyes and if you have not awakened hunger, you're just seeing people and you'll never have a hunger pain to see their life transformed. I want to close with this phrase. And it's Luke 10, 23 and 24. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, blessed are the eyes that see. Jesus said, I can only do what I see my father doing. Look, open up your eyes. Look at the fields. They're white or ripe unto harvest. Jesus said, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see and did not see it and hear what you hear and did not hear. Here We are living, Jesus is saying this, we are living in the days that prophets have dreamed about. We're living in the days that kings of old have dreamed about. That the spirit of God is on us without measure. And Jesus is saying, your, your eyes need to look up and see this because kings and prophets desire to see what you see. And they didn't get to see it. But you as the body of Christ in the church in 2017 on this Super Bowl Sunday, it's the greatest day of your life because you can see a field ripe, ripe or white under harvest. And kings and prophets of old, King David is jealous of you right now. Isaiah is jealous of you right now. Yeah. Jeremiah and the other prophets are saying, if I could only be there in this day. How do you awaken hunger? Here's your challenge for the next week. I said if you've been starving for a long period of time, you don't just immediately eat a cheeseburger. You awaken hunger. You start putting fluids, essential nutrients back in. I want you to awaken hunger this week, and here's how you're going to do it. You will invite one person to church next Sunday to come with you. Everybody say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You will invite one person to come to church with you next week. If I want to, see, you're not even hungry. How are you going to tell me what to do? See, you're in the second stage of starvation. You're irritable, you're not listening, or you're in the third stage of chronic diarrhea. A good word that came in, it went right out. See, I wasn't telling you to be mad at you. I'm telling you to try to awaken hunger. Because when you see that person God's telling you to invite to church, what it's going to do, you're going to get this nervousness in you. You're going to be like, oh, Lord, that's my person. And you're going to walk away. And you're like, I got to go pray. I got to go fast. I got to go study. Oh, Lord, God, I need a word. Oh, anoint these hands. You're going to kind of conjure up faith. He's like, oh, Lord Jesus, here we go. Come on, we're going to win this person to Jesus. And you're going to start building. You're doing more movement than you've done in the past year, crying out loud. And you've awakened something in the spirit of God, the spirit man on the inside of you finally says, I see food again. And I tasted food again because in the physical, Snickers can satisfy. But in the spiritual, it's the spirit of God that satisfies. 
And when you see that one, you're going to say, that's my field right there, baby. And it is white or ripe under harvest. Mmm, come on. Have the worship team come. I want the ministers to come. I want you to stand with me this morning. Right now where you're at, I want you to begin to stand and say, and, and this is your prayer, Father, awaken hunger.